Good morning, guys. This is the Outgen Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Cornley, and today I have another amazing guest for our Wise Words series, Scott Cowley. How are you doing, man? Yeah, doing good, Oliver. Good stuff. So, yeah, Scott, we, we, uh, we're part of the same group. In fact, you obviously you founded it. So you're head of the agency at Hey Summit and also founder of Sales Mastermind. So, um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about how to get a mentor as a student. It's something that I've struggled with in the past, and it's, uh, I think it's a growing concern for, for all students who want to be entrepreneurs, is finding that person to be a mentor. So, yeah, so for the next 20 minutes, it's going to be the best investment you'll make today if you're looking for a mentor. So, yeah, firstly, Scott, just introduce yourself, man. Yeah, sure. So I'm Scott. I am originally an Aussie and I moved to the UK for the Rugby World Cup 2015 and never left. Um, so background of sales. I've always been a sales guy, um, but I've been mentored and mentoring most of my career. Um, I'm actually part of a, a couple of formal mentor programs um, and I'm a part of a couple of informal ones. Um, and I've also been like sales coach, sales trainer, things like that. Um, so if you, if you summed up what I do most of the time, it's I help founders who sell, but aren't salespeople, uh, help them build systems that win. So that's kind of my tagline. Uh, and yeah, yeah the sales cool. mastermind is uh, salesmastermind.com if anyone wants to check out uh, some of what I do. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I'm part of that group. Uh, that's how we both met each other. And I've learned so much from, from yourself and everyone else in the group. And it's such an amazing, amazing place to be. Uh, so yeah, so I know with your with your career, uh, just like a quick snapshot of what you've done as a as a progression, because I know that you've you've dealt in sales and also you said that you you've been mentoring as well. So what kind of mentor sort of areas have you been in with your career? Yeah, sure. So I think the first one probably goes back to I'm actually an accountant by trade, or I got trained as an accountant. And the interesting part about that was it was through a co-op scholarship. So there were uh, 30 of us. And what we did is we would get um, specific courses that just we did. And then we'd have to go do internships um, to the sponsors of, of the, the scholarship. So straight up, you get a very different um, access to faculty just straight up because um, this is one of their flagship programs. It's one of the things they use to really engage with industry. So you're constantly in the room with partners of accounting firms um, and kind of VPs and directors and C-suite, as well as uh, you're constantly getting um, like internal university-based mentorship where you go and you have to meet up with the, the head of that particular group and like, hey, where are you going? What do you think your internship wants to be? Why are you leaning towards that? Um, kind of a little bit more than just guidance because this was their flagship program. So that was the first kind of formal mentoring I, I ever received as a, as a mentee. Um, I've also purchased coaching and training quite a few times myself. Um, I've spent a fair bit of money on that as a, as a mentee because frankly, I, I like people. I like talking to people, um, but I also like my questions being answered in a succinct way. Apologies to anyone yeah, listening. Yeah, that's Everyone's definitely down in London, yeah. <laughs> I'm on a very main road in London and uh, we've got a hospital at that one end and, and a hospital at the other end. So uh, that's fun. But um, yeah, and then if we move to me as a mentor, um, I think my first ever proper mentoring, I actually I had a mate call me up and say, hey, do you want to do, do a project this week? And I'm like, fine, whatever. Turned out it was, 
it was Google's startup mentoring program um, in one of the top co-working spaces in London. So that was interesting. And all of a sudden I'm telling people who have no business, um, they've just got a product, like how they can sell it, how they can monetize, how they commercialize it. That was really interesting. That was, I had no idea what I was doing, but um, learned a bit. Um, and then more, more recently, um, there's a formal program called Growth Mentor, uh, where it's about growth, obviously. So sales fits into that. Um, and I spend a lot of my time uh, talking to people about how they, how they can grow their business through sales, um, especially a lot of people who start, it's mostly tech businesses. Um, so a lot of people who start businesses, especially in the tech space, they have a background in not business development, not commercialization, not sales. Mm -hmm. So things like, uh, like they could be developers, they could be really good at marketing, they could be quite good at uh, like customer onboarding. Um, and then they create a software in that space. Um, and then they go, oh, why is no one buying it? And there's, there's a bunch of really, really easy wins you can do. Uh, and, and also to be fair, a lot of my mentoring at the moment, it seems to be me telling people, stop selling. You should not be selling this product. You should be using marketing or you should be using other channels because your price point is just so low, you're gonna lose money on every sale. Um, yeah. That's kind of my background in mentoring. I hope I, uh, I hope I didn't waffle. Yeah, too much no, definitely. There. I mean, there's there's like two sides to that. So obviously the mentee side and the mentoring side. And for our listeners now, who are um, university students and they're looking to, you know, they, they will be mentees um, eventually. So what were your experiences like as a mentee, and what advice would you give in order to, I won't say like please the mentor, but at least maintain that relationship because it can be quite difficult for students who used to university with their mates down at the pub to then having a bit more of a serious relationship. So yeah, just what was that like? Yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing is you want to be, like you want to be interesting. You want to work out what your story is. Um, and that's kind of how you're, you're going to have to pitch people. Um, and the my equivalent of that is I'm accounting trained, but I've only ever worked in sales and marketing. So that's a pretty unusual combination. Um, so I think that that try and find two skills that don't normally go together um, and instantly you're you're a little bit more interesting to a mentor um, i think the other thing to think about is just try and reach out to absolutely everyone but don't ever ask anyone to mentor you because you're effectively if you, if you say that you kind of the conversation on on the mentor's side is uh, you're asking for an indefinite commitment with no parameters uh, with, with no compensation. It's like instant no, delete email. Um, what you want to do instead is ask them a pretty specific question. So if it was, if it was me, uh, someone was reaching out to me asking about sales, um, I'd want them to say, hey, this is my situation. I've got uh, literally just before this call, I had a growth mentor conversation and it's a SaaS who are deciding whether they want to go uh, enterprise and start selling kind of five-figure contracts or whether they want to stay small business and keep selling like $100 products um, per month, both those numbers are per month. So like it's a genuinely interesting question. And then I ask them for more details and they, they have a customer that they're making a decision, do we want to sell to this person? So it's a really, really specific uh, area. Um, I can give them pretty specific answers and it's not going to take me that long. I can come up with kind of the rule of thumb is you want a specific question or, or two or three questions max to be answered within, you know, five, 10 minutes. Um, and it needs to be specific. 
Then, and this is the bit where everyone falls over. Um, whatever they say, do it. Just go do it. If they say go read a book, go buy that book and read it. If they say go watch this YouTube video, if they say uh, fill in this form, if they, whatever they say, go do it. Um, and then get back to them with one or two follow-up questions. Again, be specific, be really obvious. So in that example, it could be, hey, we're going to send this pitch deck um, to the enterprise customer. Can you tell us about this one slide? What are your thoughts on that? Very uh, specific, again, not the whole pitch deck, for example. Yeah. No, because if you think about it, it's like, hey, look at this whole pitch deck. It could be 20 slides long. Um, and they especially don't have time in, for that, right? Well, especially in this context, because they don't know how to sell. They don't realize that <laughs> no one's going to read more than five slides anyway, let alone their mentor. Um, so, yeah, really specific. And it needs to be like based on the advice you gave me last time. Um, and then you slowly build up your ask. You slowly build up from a really simple five minute answer to, hey, can we get coffee? Um, or, or whatever it happens to be, but like you've got to, whatever they say in those first few meetings, you just have to do it. Even if you disagree with it, even if you think they're a complete idiot, like there's a reason you reached out to them um, and they are, possibly there is a there's a distinct possibility they are intentionally putting barriers from you becoming their mentee or, or from helping you and mm -hmm. I, I can give you specific examples for this i get hit up all the time on linkedin from people who want free advice um and they see that i'm in growth mentor for a long time my growth mentor profile was entirely free i got no compensation for it from it and the reason i did that is i enjoy I enjoy mentoring. I also, it doesn't cost me much. It costs me an hour of my time. Um, and I, I get to hear, one of the other cool things I got out of it was I get to hear how other people are approaching problems. So I keep myself really sharp. Um, yeah. Then I went, oh crap, I don't have time for this. So um, at that point, uh, I, I actually changed the, the growth mentor. I made it 20 bucks. Um, so they, they have to pay a membership to be part of Growth Mentor as a platform. There's a bunch of free mentors. I've then made mine. It's another 20 bucks. Now, if you think about that, $20, uh, US dollars as well. So I'm based in the UK. So it's even, even more toy money. But then Stripe takes their fee. They take their pound of flesh and they cost me 15%. So by the end, I'm walking away with maybe two pints in London. So like I, I don't care about the money. I only care about the barriers that I'm putting in front of someone. So if they get me on the phone, they really want to get me on the phone. And that value there, like they want it. They're going to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why if I kind of close that loop, go back to how I get hit up on LinkedIn all the, all the time, I will always say, I'm absolutely happy to talk to you. Here's the growth mentor link, go pay. Um, and I'd say probably maybe two people have gone and actually paid because um, they genuinely want to talk to me. They want to talk to me enough that they're willing to put a little bit of money in. And I like growth mentor. It's cheap. I think it's like a hundred bucks for the quarter. Um, so like nothing is going to break the bank here. Um, but as a mentor, like I know how easy it is to just reach out and how it costs a student, nothing to just send an email. So I'm going to put barriers in place. And that's why we come back to, Whatever the mentor says, if they say, go and get a packet of M&Ms, get all the yellow ones and take a photo of it and send it to me. <laughs> like it sounds ridiculous, but the reason they're doing it is they're saying, does this person actually want to learn or do they want to appear 
like they want to learn. They want to learn. There's a big difference between a desire to learn and a commitment to change. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I learn commitment. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's something which for mentees, especially our generation, like you know, like Gen Z sort of young students, that we do typically have this sense of like entitlement and stuff. And you're dead right in the sense that you know you should really be selective of, of who you approach, but also be fully committed to it. And, and oh and man, I disagree there. Don't be selective. Don't reach be selective. out to ev- reach out to everyone, but if they when they get back to you, follow through. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Don't be selective. Like this is the stage in your life where <laughs> you're like young enough potentially interesting enough you've got enough energy but also you're naive enough to think that yeah the ceo of i don't know city group <laughs> might get back to me i'm going to send them an email um okay so fully but, go for it then so like as a mentee those of you listening now as a student and you want a mentor or you're looking for that you know you're trying to find that you just you recommend scott just blast it out just send as many emails as you can Go for it. Yeah. Cause yeah, you have yeah. no idea who's going to respond. Like when you're talking about really, really high level people, they never get through their inboxes. Their yeah, email inboxes. They just never do. So there's a possibility you just happen to be there at the right time. Um, and then it's kind of like how, how you use, I'm assuming you use Tinder still. I'm assuming that's not old technology now. It's still the, we still use it. Um, and with the kids. <laughs> but if you think about the way a guy uses Tinder, versus the way a, a woman uses tinder a guy just pretty much goes right perpetually they just constantly say yes 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 then once they get a response once they get a like back then a guy filters um treat your mentoring like that because uh, you, your chances of getting a mentor to respond yeah okay. pretty similar you you have no idea so take that risk but if they get back to you and you actually do end up talking to them like do the thing they tell you to do um, because it's, it's definitely a test most of the time. But they, the other side is like people like mentoring, especially you get the, like the 60 year old man who's had his career for years, has become a non-exec director. He's missing the energy where you get that like 45 year old career woman who's been doing it for a while, um, but ended up not having kids for whatever reason, or you get kind of the, even if we keep going younger, like the 30 year old, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 30. So uh, people at 30 still do a lot of mentoring as well. So you just mm. kind of look for, just, just take that risk. Cause again, the cost to you is nothing. It's, yeah, it's, it's five it's, minutes. And then the value that you get from it as well, the potential is, you know, you can't even measure that. So it's, no, it's definitely something that everyone should be thinking about is from a mentor point of view. Cause I know you, you said that you were a mentor and you have done in the past uh, a lot of mentoring what do you like to see? So let's say we've gone past that stage now where the, the mentor sent a couple of barriers and the, it's getting, you know, it's momentum's there and there's a relationship forming and maybe it's a bit more official. What does a mentor like to see in an ideal candidate or like as a mentee? What do they like? What do they enjoy to, to keep that process going? I mean, that's such a personal question. Um, of course, yeah. I think mentors are going to be very different. Um and you need to be able to judge their character. Um, and you need to be able to probably match. Actually, I'll answer it this way. If you end up getting uh, the start of a conversation, what does a mentor want more than anything? Um, 
they want you to follow their advice. Just straight up. They want you. And if you don't follow their advice, if you're not going to listen to them, have a reason why. So it's like what we talked about before, kind of making active decisions as opposed to passive decisions. Like, hey, we talked about this last time. I tried it this way and this way. This is why it didn't work. So we've got a specific, like we, we tried a specific reason why not in this case. Most mentors at this point will probably say, oh yeah, cool, that makes sense. And they're, they're okay with that as long as you, you've tried it. Um, I think another thing as well is, is don't, don't bullshit them. They're, they're giving you their time for free. Like they're not your teacher. They're not your mother. They're not that university professor. They don't actually care if you don't do the work. It, it doesn't change their life one iota. So if you get on the phone with them and, and you haven't done it, or like they give you a deadline and, and you haven't done it for whatever reason, let them know. Like let them know, hey, I'm very sorry. I mean, I, I have a coach um, and I missed their session on the weekend. And the reason I missed their session is I was at the pub. And like 100%, I'll put my hand up. That's my fault. Um, I pay this person, so they're, they're a little bit more forgiving. Um, but at the same time, like still, I, I messed up there. That's my fault. I have to own that. Um, and so owning, owning your mistakes, but accepting that they don't really care in the early days. Um, but that, that integrity as a person is huge. Um, of owning your mistakes. I think the other thing that people want to look for is like a self-starter. So when you come to a mentor, and this is a lot of like just kind of quantifying what I already said before, but when you come to that conversation, if you've told them this is the exact situation, this is what I've already tried, this is why I think it didn't work, then I tried this and it didn't work. Um, then I tried this, but I couldn't scale it, for example. Um, so I could do it once, but I couldn't do it five times help you've given them a really really specific scenario you're a self-starter enough that you've actually tried um you'd be amazed the amount of people who are like i can't get this person in my company to to help me it's like have you asked them no well then how could you Absolutely. expect yeah. <laughs> we're not yeah. mind readers um so yeah like most people don't have that initiative um and, and yeah, just the enthusiasm and the energy. That's the one thing. So a, a young person brings enthusiasm, brings energy, thinks they can change the world. They haven't had that beaten out of them yet. Um, and some people will never have that beaten out of them. And those people are the ones that rule the world when they're 50 and 60. Um, so like bring the energy and the, your mentor will match it. Your mentor will come to the table. Like you, linked, you linked to that earlier, which was like, um, you know, with the energy levels, you've just got to, some people like your 60 year olds or even your 45 year old, they're looking for that energy. They're looking for that revival as well. So, yeah. So um, just to finish off, Scott, what would you say? So students now, you know, there's loads of resources out there. And one of the problems that we do have is that there's that much stuff out there. We don't know what to filter. We don't know what to look at. So is there any resources or maybe a book that you would recommend for students to read now that changed your life or, or you had some sort of impact over Oh, there's a couple of books. I'm deciding which one. <laughs> it can be multiple. It can be multiple. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. Um, oh, third one's just popped into my mind. No, I'm gonna pick one. So it would be a different question if you're thinking about going into sales. Maybe that can be uh, all of mm. that can be our follow-up conversation. Um, but the book I'd recommend is a guy named Jim Collins. Uh, Jim he Collins. is. 
he's an American professor. He is a unique person. Um, I've heard him do interviews. He's, he's interesting. <laughs> but he wrote a book probably in the 90s uh, called uh, Good to Great. And it is, if you can understand, there's like five lessons in it um, as a business. It's about being a business leader. Uh, I think there's a lot of leadership in there in general, but it's, it's definitely a business-focused book. Um, he's written follow-ups since, but it's called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Uh, it, yeah, that book, because it gives you the foundation of like why do good companies stay good and why do average companies become great? Um, and it was a, it's an academic, it's, it's relatively academic um, in the study that it does. But then the way it's written, the prose it's written, it's just very easy to read. And it's all about taking a company that was doing okay on the stock market and then finding um, a competitor that was also doing okay. And one of them stayed there and one of them didn't. One of them went way above. And then looking at why, looking at the analysis, they uh, there were many kind of master's thesis and PhDs written in the initial research. And then Jim Collins brought it all together um, into one book. It's phenomenal. Yeah, Good to Great by Jim Collins is probably uh, the number one. Good book to Great, Jim Collins. No, definitely. I mean, I haven't read that one, so I'll definitely uh, check that one out. But thank you very much, Scott. I mean, today I've personally learned uh, a lot as well. I know that those of you listening now, if you're looking for a mentor, I'm sure that this podcast would have helped you out. Things like how to approach that mentor, you know, how to look for the person who's filtering after you know, you've cast your wide net and being very, very specific in your questions to get very specific answers. So yeah, thank you very much, Scott. Cheers uh, for, for coming on. Thanks everyone. And, and as always, don't run with scissors. <laughs>